0: Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. What is the gospel? Many preachers will have a different definition for what the gospel is. Basically, it's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the good news. But then determining what is that salvation. And that's where the differences come in. You'll have so many different denominations, thousands of of varying denominations, stating what the gospel is the good news. Most in the prosperity gospel will simply say, you just ask Jesus to come into your heart or say the sinner's prayer, and from that point on, you're saved. And you give tithes, and by giving those tithes that you're gonna be financially blessed, primarily a prosperity gospel. That's what we see in Laodicea. Laodicea uh, says, I am increased with goods. I am clothed, fed, and have need of nothing. Jesus states, You poor, wretched, naked, and destitute, I counsel of thee to buy me gold tried in the fire. Well, the fire is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost and that with fire whose span is in his hand, he will thoroughly pur- purge his floor. Well, that means that we crucify the flesh with the affections and the lust. Now, the true gospel is the death, wrong, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But what is our obligation? What is our reasonable service? What are we required to do? Do we just simply say, Jesus is my savior, come into my heart, and we're saved? As most uh, say is the gospel. Is there more to it than that? Well, everyone knows that you can't lie, cheat, and steal and make heaven. That's self-evident. Even Paul talks about the 23 things that bring forth death, adultery, fornication, all of this. No drunkard shall inherit the kingdom of of heaven. When you find all the negatives there, which they say there's no negative. You just believe on Jesus, you're going in. But yet Paul stated the things that those that do these things will not enter the kingdom of God. Now in 2 Thessalonians 2, Paul tells us very simply that the salvation is through that sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. The gospel is the truth. Well, then what does that entail? Well, we find in Romans 5 that by one man's disobedience, sin came to the world, death by sin. The good news is, is that by one man, many, that servant will make many righteous the Lord Jesus Christ. That perfect, spotless, blameless sacrifice, the Lamb of God, that taketh away the sin of the world. But what does it mean to us? Well, where sin reigned by death, now grace reigns, but not alone. Grace reigns through righteousness. Now we find that that is a key point. We have to hit that mark. What is righteousness? Well, Paul said, I've suffered the loss of all things to do count of a dung, that I might win Christ and be found not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but the righteousness of God by faith. Now, faith is the substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen. Well, we're told that faith is without works. And they'll say, That by the works of the law no flesh should be saved. That's true. But we have to obey the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That is not the works of the law of Moses. It's obedience unto the things of the spirit written upon our heart. That we will do the purpose and will of God. That requires obedience. And that's where many will not make heaven simply because they do not understand that grace reigns through righteousness, but many have pleasure in unrighteousness. And those are the ones that God said in the last days that he would destroy all the sinners of his people by the sword, which say that no evil shall prevent or overtake them, Amos 9.10. Those are the ones that will not have faith when he comes jesus stated when the son of man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth well why would he state that truth that in the coming of the son of man that would he find faith on the earth because faith is in the present truth now faith is the substance of things so far the evidence of things not seen revelation 13 we find that the man of sin the son of perdition is casting truth down to the ground and prevailing against the saints, the ones that are sanctified, holy, both spirit, soul, and body, which is the body of Christ, the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones. And it says, here is the patience and the faith of the saints. Do we have that today? Well, in most part, no. Why? Because he that leadeth into captivity must go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must die by the sword. Here is the faith and patience of the saints. Well, most will not understand that in the last day, judgment of God upon the church. Judgment first begins at the house of God. Peter states that in his epistle. And the righteous scarcely be saved. The righteous are the ones that through grace, that reigns through righteousness, have obtained salvation Through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Sanctification of the Spirit is sanctifying yourself wholly, both spirit, soul, and body. It's obeying the leading of the Holy Ghost. If we do not obey the leading of the Holy Ghost, leading us and guiding us into all truth, then it's called iniquity. Iniquity is lawlessness. Not being obedient to the leading of God. Not obeying the voice of the Lord. And to find that is not with newborn babies. The newborn babes are unskillful in the word of righteousness. They don't understand righteousness, which is how grace reigns through righteousness, which requires obedience. You'll see that that grace reigns through righteousness in Romans 5, and in Romans 6 it states, Whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey, him are you the servants to whom you obey." Obedience is required of sin unto death, that is carnal-mindedness. You have the Holy Ghost, but you have not then conformed to the world with the renewing of your mind that you stayed conformed to the world. You believe that gain was godliness. You believe the prosperity gospel, and that's a false gospel. Those that will be rich fall into diverse, type, diverse temptations and many hurtful lusts, but yet that's what most believe that gain is godliness. Many have erred, thinking that gain or financial their blessings are God. Now God wishes both all things that we may as prosper and be in health, even as our soul prospers. True, Third John two, but that's not the focus we find that the true gospel of Jesus Christ is stated by the Lord himself. He said, if many men will come after me, let him first deny himself. Deny your self-will. Deny what you think your volition, your purpose, your will for you and what your goals are for life. Lay that aside. And go pick up your cross and follow me, Jesus said. Well, if a man loves God, he will obey God. He will obey the commandments of God. Those that love God keep his commandments. Well, those are not grievous, but are required as obedient servants under righteousness, which yields the peaceable fruits of holiness, which is not taught anymore. Why? Because it's an easy believism, and they make merchandise of us with great swelling words of man's wisdom. Why? For money, for gain. These are called hired harlings. And when the, the tribulation persecution arises for the word's sake, the hired harlings leave the flock. Why? Well, because they're hired harlings. That's what Jesus stated. They leave the flock. But the ones called of God in this last day work of the ministry, the judgment of God must first begin at the house of God and the righteous scarcely be saved. That means with tribulation, with persecution. And we find, then where shall the end of the sinner, and then the ungodly appear. Now the treasures of God is in the revelation of Jesus Christ. We find that in Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9. It's the full acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. God is the Father which is Christ, which is that one spirit. Very few understand that. They think because Jesus prayed to the Father in the days of his flesh, that he's not the Father revealed. When Jesus stated himself in John 14, that to get to the Father, you must go through him. And he stated that if you believe in God, believe also in me. For in my fathers house so many mansions, were not so would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you where I am, there you may be also. Whether I go, you know, and the way you know, Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not. Whether thou goest, how can we know the way? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one cometh the Father, but by me. From henceforth, you both know him and have seen him, the Father of glory. Now, Philip did not understand that and stated, Lord, Show us the Father, and that suffices us. That'll be sufficient. And Jesus said, have I been so long time with you? And hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Jesus stated that he that believeth on me believes not on me, but on him that sent me. He is the word. He is the Father of glory. He's Emmanuel, God with us. But in the days of his flesh, the spirit that he is was made of no reputation. Philippians 2, 6. To not work his spirit, but to work as a man, he added to himself the form of a servant. That servant is the father of glory. And it's stated in Isaiah 43, 10 in the prophet. You are my witnesses, thus saith the Lord, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, that invisible spirit of God, the father of glory and my servant whom I have chosen. Well, to the natural mind, that would be another person. And in the natural reasoning, that seemeth right to a man, but then thereof the ways of death. They said that's the second person of the Godhead. Has to be. But that's human reasoning. The natural mind cannot receive the things of God. But when uh, the word of God states very plainly, Emmanuel is God with us. Not the Son of God with us, God with us. Emmanuel, who's born in the seed of David? Christ, Spirit of God, the Lord, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. The Lord revealed. The Father revealed in a body of flesh and blood called the Son of God. So therefore, as long as the law is still there and has not been fulfilled, the Spirit that Jesus is, and always has been the father of glory, the word, he is the Holy Ghost, is separated from his body of flesh because he's made under the law. Philippians, uh, there states that, 2.6, that Jesus, who being in the form of God, not robbery to be equal to God, but made himself of no reputation. There's your key. He made himself of no reputation. He laid aside his glory. He's not going to work his spirit. It's still him. He did not cease and desist from being God, the Father of glory. He is the everlasting Father. We see that in Isaiah 9, 6. He is the wonderful counsel of the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He did not cease and desist from being that spirit. How did for us to redeem mankind? He came under his own law. To do that, he had to make himself of no reputation. To make void, the spirit will be latent, laid back. He will not move or work as the spirit of God. He will work as a man and in our stead as our kinsman redeemer. To redeem us that were under the law, he had to be a man in under the law. Well, to do that, he made himself of no reputation, Philippians 2.6 emptied out of glory, made void, self-imposed limitation upon himself not to work his spirit, and took upon him the form of a servant. God himself, the Father of glory, becoming a servant. Hmm. Made in the likeness of men, found in fashion as a man. And being found, found in fashion as a man, humbled himself, even to the death, the death of the cross, wherefore God hath highly exalted him. He's the servant that is chosen. God chose him. Many call, few chosen. Well, who is it? Well, it's God. We see it in Isaiah 43, 10. You are my witnesses, thus saith the Lord, the invisible spirit of God, the father of glory, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know, believe me, and understand. He wants us to understand this, that I am he. The Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the Father of glory, is that servant. Then he explains how. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. See now that I am God thy Savior, the Lord thy Redeemer. In Isaiah 43, 15, the Holy One of Israel. When the devil saw Jesus, said, we know thee who thou art. You're the Holy One of Israel. You're the God of glory. Don't torment us before the time. Well, we know what happened as he told those devils to go into the swine. They ran violently down the hill and drowned themselves. Well, they know the devils believe in one God and tremble. They know who Jesus is. I'm afraid that we in the church world don't know for the most part as a second person of the Godhead, which is denying that he is the father of glory. Jesus stated in John 8:13 to the Pharisees. He stated there, the Pharisees came to Jesus and said, Jesus, you bear record of yourself, your record's not true. Well, the record there in heaven is there's three that bear record. The Father, Word, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one. That is heist, one in the self-same spirit. There's three that bear record in the earth. First John 5:8. The spirit, one in the blood. These three agree in one. Well, they were saying to Jesus, we do not believe that you are God or you are divine in any sense of the word. You bear a record of yourself, your record is not true. Jesus said, "Though I bear a record of myself, my record is true because I'm not alone. Well, all they saw was the man standing there. And that's the problem. Most people just see Jesus as a man, as the second person of the Godhead, that somehow or another, is co-equal with the father of the same substance when Jesus said, my father is greater than I. The things concerning me have an end. Why? Because they don't understand that Jesus is the father revealed. Now, how did God send forth his son? Made of a woman. Galatians 4, verse 4. No spirit senior made and begot a spirit junior, and spirit junior came into the world. No There's no scripture for that. Absolutely a lie. Well, in Galatians 4, verse 4, how did he send his son? Well, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. How? Made of a woman, made in under the law to redeem us that were under the law. But now God has sent forth the spirit of his son, capital S, into our hearts whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Why? Because the son is the father And in his humiliation, he was a man made under the law. Working salvation in and of himself. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. Another way to put that, Christ, who is God, was in Christ, reconciling the world unto Christ. Hmm. It behooved Christ to suffer and to enter into his glory. And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name. There's only one Christ not a Christ junior. And that's where we have missed the boat. We've missed the truth. We've missed this great truth. And in John 8, 13, the Pharisee said to Jesus, you are not God. You bear record of yourself. Your record is not true. Jesus said, though, I bear record of myself. My record is true. I'm not alone. I and my father sent me. He goes on and explains it. It's written in your law, the testimony of two men is true. I am one that beareth witness of myself and my father that sent me, he beareth witness of me. There's your two witnesses. That's very important in Revelation 11 because the two witnesses is the spirit of God revealing through the church as uh, the two witnesses. In the spirit of uh, Jesus Christ, Christ doing the miracles of Jesus, Moses and Elijah through the body of Christ. That is in Revelation 10, Revelation 11, and Revelation 12, one and the same body of Christ in the last day work of the ministry. Very few understand that. Well, Jesus goes on and said, It's written in your law, the testimony of two men is true. I'm one that bear witness of myself, and my Father that sent me, he beareth witness of me. They said, Where is your Father? That's what the Pharisees wanted to know. We don't see a Father, we see you, Jesus. Where is your Father? Jesus said, if you had known me, you should have known my father also. And he explains to them, you're from beneath, I'm from above. You're of this world, I'm not of this world. He's saying he's the father. Most Jesus spake these words in the treasure, and no man laid hands on him, because his hour was not yet come. And Jesus said, I go my way, and whither I go, you cannot come. And the Pharisees said again, where are you going? Will you kill yourself? Because they, you say whither You go, we cannot come? Obviously, you're talking about killing yourself. Notice that Jesus stated in John 8, 24. And ask, where is your father? Jesus stated, except you believe that I am he, you shall die in your sins. Now, that is pretty straightforward. That's a profound statement as to the true gospel at the revelation of Jesus Christ, that he is God, he is the Father of glory, he's the word that we have tasted and handled of the good word of life. Seen, handled, and tasted of that good word. We eat the flesh of Jesus and drink his blood. That is the Holy Ghost, the Father of glory. Christ is now in us, the Father of glory. You'll see that, that there is one body, one spirit in whom we're called in one hope of our calling, Ephesians 4, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, who's the father of us all, who is above all and in us all. The father's in us. That's Christ in us, the hope of glory. Well, who is that Christ? He's the father of glory. In John 8, 24, Jesus stated that truth of the gospel. Except you believe that I am he, the father of glory, you shall die in your sins. John 8 27. This they understood not, that he spake to them of the Father. They still don't understand it today. The true gospel of Jesus Christ. God manifest in the flesh. That's a mystery of godliness. 1 Timothy 3.16. That God was manifest in the flesh. Not the Son of God. God Himself was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preaching to the Gentiles, believed on the world, received up in the glory. Who is he? Well, in the days of his flesh, he came under his own law. Romans 8, 3, and what the law could not do in that it was weak in the flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin of the flesh. How did he do that? Galatians 4, verse 4, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. How? Spirit, senior, begot. Spirit Junior and Junior came into the world? No. No Junior. No God Junior. No Spirit Junior. It doesn't exist. Jesus is the Father of glory. He is that God. He is the everlasting Father. you see that. And to us, a child is born, a son is given, and government shall rest upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. Not the Mighty Son of God, the Mighty God. The everlasting Father. He's not the everlasting Son. He's the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. The true gospel reveals and gives him the glory of the Father. And every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, to the glory of the Father. Why? Because he is the Father revealed. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty, the Almighty God. There's not another so the judgments of God in the seal, trumpets, and vials in the last day work of the ministry, with judgment laid to the line and righteousness to the plummet, is to reveal one thing that He alone is God. He is the Father of glory that was revealed in the days of his flesh under the law, to redeem us that were under the law, but then went back to his former glory as the Father. Somebody said, How, the, how can that be? Well, whenever. The Spirit of God made himself of no reputation. There not to work his spirit, because he had to work as a man, as a kinsman redeemer. Because a man lost it, only a man can redeem his back. Spirit, God can't die, God can't uh, suffer, God can't be tempted, and God had no blood. So if the princes of this world had known they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. The Lord of glory is the God Almighty, the Father of glory. First John three sixteen 16, hereby perceive the love of God because he laid down his life for us. Who did? God did. But how did he do it? And that's the gospel. That he that knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. We're born of his own flesh of his flesh. We're made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's what he brought to usward when he set him in his own right hand in the heavenly places. That's for us. But where did Jesus go? He went back to his former glory. Revelation 3.21, Jesus stated that truth. To him that overcometh I grant to sit with me in my throne, the place I had prepared for you for the overcomer. Even as I overcame, where did you go, Jesus? Even as I overcame and am set, S-E-T, not S-I-T, not set in a positional place of uh, right hand, but even as I overcame and him set, S-E-T, forever settled. Always has been, always will be God. Set down with my father in his throne. Not beside it, not around it, in it. That's the reason Deuteronomy 32 in the Torah, in the Pentateuch, that it states there very simply in the Song of Moses, that God said is this not sealed up among my treasures for the Lord will judge his people. Repent himself of the evil when they see their power powers gone and there's none shut up or left. That's exactly what he's going to do in the last days. Judgment must first begin at the house of God. And why? To reveal that he is God and there's not another. There's no God junior. There's no second person of the Godhead. That you will know and all shall know me from the least to the greatest. Not us, but me. Jesus stated that. He said, see, now that I am God and there's none beside me, I know not any. Read it in Deuteronomy 32. You can see the same in 1 Timothy 6, 15 and 16. That Jesus Christ, the blessed and only potentate, capital P, omnipotent, almighty. He is the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent spirit. He's the Lord. The Lord is that spirit. 2 Corinthians 3.17. Can't miss it. In his humiliation, he was a man made in under the law. Galatians 4, verse 4. In the fullness of time, God did send forth his son, made of a woman, made in under the law. The word was made flesh. Who was born in the city of David? Christ the Lord, the Lord your God Almighty. That is the Lord God Almighty revealed in a body of flesh and blood. Jesus stated that. He said, have I been so long time with you, Philip, and you have not known me? He that has seen me has seen the Father And how says thou then, show us the Father. Believe me that I'm the Father, my Father in me. Else, believe me for the work's sake. What works? He healed the sick, cleansed the leper, raised the dead, cast out devils, own blind eyes, loose the dumb tongue, lame walk, captive, went free, blessed is he whomsoever is not offended in me. And Jesus stated, he that believeth on me doesn't believe on me. You believe on him that sent me. Why? Because he's the Father. Revealed in a body of flesh and blood. And Jesus goes on and said, The words that I speak, I speak not of myself. They're not my words. I can do nothing of myself. The Father that dwelleth houses permanently in me. He's the one doing the works, He's the one doing it. If I have the finger of God cast out devils, know you, the kingdom of God's come nigh to you. The gospel is the Son of God is the Father revealed to redeem us that were under the law. And that's Galatians 4, verse 4. That is only one God. You believe in one God, you do well. Somebody well is one God, but three persons. No, one God, one person. Hebrews 1, verse 3 and 4. Jesus is the express image of his person. Not the express image, the express image. Always has been, always will be God. He is the blessed and only potentate. There, in his humiliation, he was one of us. He suffered. The captain of our salvation was made perfect through sufferings, uh, learned obedience to the things which he suffered. He suffered and was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. He was one of us. Hebrews 2, for as much as then as the children, our particulars of flesh and blood, he, God himself also, likewise took part of the same. Not the Son of God, God himself. The Son of God is... Uh, the Father revealed. Two components there. Number one, the Son of God is the Father in spirit. Has, it, has the Spirit of God without measure. Two, manifest in a body of flesh and blood in the days of his flesh. That's the Son of God in his, uh, their earthly ministry. The Father revealed under the law. But then as he redeems, Mankind, through his own, his own work, glorifying his own human back to himself. He is a spirit, but the law separated his spirit from his body of flesh. And Jesus there very simply stated, You believe in God, believe also in me, because if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. In his humiliation, he was a man made in under the law for the sufferings of death. After he has tempted all points of that law, by him making that spirit of no reputation, the kenosis emptied out, Philippians 2, 6, then he works salvation for us as a man. But after he literally fulfills the law, all that time that he is in the days of his flesh, he has to pray to the Father, to his own what? To the spirit that he is and always has been because he's emptied out of that glory and under the law and then showing us the way, the truth, and life, what me wants to do in order to be sanctified holy. Jesus said, I don't do this for your sakes, uh, For my sake, I do it for your sake. I sanctify myself for, for you, not for me, for you. And that is the gospel. The gospel is the Father revealed God Himself, the Father, of the Word, the Holy Ghost, El Shaddai, the Elohim, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, manifests in the days of His flesh. God Himself literally suffers in the days of His flesh. And by doing so, works salvation in and of Himself alone. There, when Jesus is in the days of His flesh, there to fulfill His own law, in Galatians. It states there he was made of a woman, made under the law, Galatians 4, verse 4. And in Numbers 4, the high priest takes his office as a high priest at age 30. Well, Jesus can't work any miracles or do anything because he's fulfilling his law as a man made under the law. So he has to abide by the law, fulfilling the law of Moses. He's our high priest. He's our great high priest. But he can't take that office until age 30 because he's fulfilling his own law. That law has to be satisfied. And that law requires the supreme sacrifice of a spotless, blameless lamb that will be willingly lay down his life. And Jesus, during that time, at being about the age of 30, goes to John the Baptist and said, baptize me. He said, I need to be baptized of you. Whose shoe latches, I'm not worthy to stoop down and lose. Jesus didn't say, well, wash away my sins. No, he's the sinless, spotless, blameless lamb of God. He has the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God without measure. But it's made of no reputation so he can work and not break his own law, being a man, our kinsman redeemer, for as much in their children protectors of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, Then in all things he was made like unto his brethren to redeem us that were under the law. There, Jesus, there is baptized of John and Jordan. And at that time, he can start working as our great high priest, not before then. And we find that the spirit of God, the Holy Ghost comes down in the shape of a dove and abides upon Jesus. Is it, was he filled with the Holy Ghost? No, he is the Holy Ghost. He is the spirit of God from the, from the womb, not from the tomb, from the womb. God giveth not the spirit by measuring unto hell. There's no measure. He's all, all that that God is in the fullness of it. They're in bodily form. Well, Jesus there begins glorifying his own human back to himself in his ministry, starting at age 30 as as our great high priest. And he prays, Father, glorify thou me. Why is he praying to the Father? Because the law is still there. It is a wall of partition, parting his spirit from his own body of flesh. That's the gospel. That's the good news. God worked it in and of himself for us that we might be redeemed back to him, God himself. Well, then he prays to the father, father, glorify them. He said, I've glorified you. I'll glorify you again. He's progressively glorifying his human, the man, back to himself as spirit. God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. God is Christ. Christ is God. That's the mystery of God and the Father and Christ in Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9. The mystery of God and the Father and Christ in whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Jesus said, I won't speak in parables anymore, John 16. But I'll show you plainly of the Father. Why, well, would he had it. Because only those that have a pure heart, seeking God with a pure heart, diligently seeking him, will find him. And there, Jesus states that he is fulfilling his own law, glorifying his human back to himself. He said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I do nothing of myself. What I see the Father do is what I do. The words that I speak, I speak not of myself. It's the Father that dwells, houses permanently in me. He's the one doing the works. There, Jesus progressive glorifying his own human, finally goes back there in after he's fulfilled the law. In every aspect of the law. He then, the morality of the law, the moral law, the civil law, uh, the ceremonial law, he literally takes the ordinances of that law and nails it to his cross. Why? Because he's going to break down that wall, that middle wall, that parts his spirit, from his body of flesh that he took upon himself, working salvation in and of himself for all mankind to be saved. That's the gospel. Not a second person of the Godhead. And Jesus takes the ordinance of that law and he says, I freely, has to be a free will sacrifice. He said, I freely lay down my life. I have power to lay it down. I have power to receive it again. This I have received of my father. He says that because he is emptied out of glory, made of no reputation to redeem us as our kinsman redeemer. God himself is doing it. And then he states there in John 2.19 that he's going to raise up his own body, his own temple, his own body of flesh. And he states in John 2.19, destroy this temple. And in three days, I'll show you who I am. I'll show you that I'm the father, John 17. And he states that, destroy this temple, John 2, 19. In three days, I will raise it up. The Jews said, 46 years were they and this temple. You're going to raise it up? In three days, Jesus spake of the temple of his body. He raised his own body from the dead. Prove that he is the father of glory. When you see that he is resurrected and glorified, you'll know that he's in the Father and Father's in him. There, Jesus takes the ordinances of that law, that wall of partition, dividing his spirit from his body, working salvation in and of himself alone. That's the gospel. Then he nails the ordinances of that law to his cross. When he does that, he breaks down that middle wall of partition between mankind and God in his own body of flesh the captain of our salvation made perfect through sufferings and thereby making peace and one new man who's the new man well there's the gospel the new man is that quickening spirit the holy ghost jesus himself notice that in the days of his flesh jesus told his disciples that I'll pray the father send you another comforter why because he's emptied out of glory he's made of no reputation He's not working as spirit. He's working as a man in under that law and will be under that law and will have to pray to the Father as long as he's under that law until he literally breaks down that wall, that law, that law, that wall of partition, thereby making peace, literally having mankind through his own flesh that he offered on that cross as our kinsman redeemer as a way back to God. And there's no other way to get there. The Son of God is the only way to the Father because the Father was revealed in the Son of God. God working salvation in and of himself. God did, not Son of God. God did. God is manifest in flesh as the Son of God. Son of God's the Father revealed. That's where we missed it. We think the Son of God's the second person of God here. That's a lie. That's the beast. The dragon is a false father. The beast is a second person there and the a uh, false prophet is a false Holy Ghost. These are three spirits. These are three personalities. And when the Euphrates River dried up in Revelation 16, 12, to make the we, the kings of the east, it was preparing for Armageddon to gather all nations into the plains of Megiddo for the judgment of God and the wrath of God to be poured out upon all the wicked. But the first thing it reveals is that the Trinity is a false doctrine. That's what he's doing now. Because the very next verse, after Revelation 16, 12, he drives up the Euphrates River, and the angel pours out his bow upon that Euphrates, the great river Euphrates, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And then the very next verse, and John said, I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of Paul's prophet. Three different mouths there, three different persons, three different personalities. Somebody said, well, it doesn't make any difference. Yes, it does saw the difference there of salvation of heaven and hell. Jesus stated it. I didn't. No man can make any difference. The gospel is forever settled in heaven. And these are the spirits of devils working miracles. Do they work miracles? Yes. Signs, miracles, and lying wonders. It's God himself that sends a strong delusion because they had pleasure in unrighteousness. And grace reigns through righteousness through the work of God. The righteousness of God is that he that knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him by faith. And that's a victory over overcome the world, even our faith. And we have to believe that he's a Christ. Christ is God that made himself a body of flesh and blood. Christ is Christ. There's no Christ Jr. You'll see that in 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. Now, that doctrine of Christ has to be taught. And that's what is so incumbent upon the minister today. And especially if you haven't heard it, we'll be glad to come to your church and bring it to you. We have over a thousand ministers in Africa right now that have come out of false Trinity doctrine into the true doctrine of Christ and said, wow, we never saw this before. Now, praise God, we see it. And they're standing uh, steadfastly and establishing the doctrine of Christ. It's very simple. It's not hard There's one God and there's one person of God who made himself a body of flesh and blood coming under the law and kept that law, suffered in every point, tempted all points like as we are, yet without sin, and was found the blameless, the spotless, blameless lamb. And then as a free will sacrifice, he said, I have power to lay down my life, power to receive it again. I do that, take the ordinance of that law, I nail it to the cross, and I break down the middle wall of partition, making a way into the holiest of all through his own body of flesh and blood, God himself. God manifest in the flesh, 1 Timothy 3.16. Of us an know the blessed and only potentate, 1 Timothy 6.15, 1 Timothy 3.16. We see Acts 2.36, let all the house of Israel know it surely. The same Jesus whom you crucified, the man, God hath made him both Lord. How many Lords are there? One. Lord, your hope of God Almighty and Christ. Who's Christ? Christ is the Holy Ghost. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the Father. That's the Spirit of God. The Lord is that spirit. Well, he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. That's 1 John 2.22. Who is a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. Well, who is Christ? Well, you have to look at Peter. He was given that revelation of Christ when Jesus asked point blank, who do you say I am? Matthew 16. Simon Peter said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Simon Barjona, the flesh and blood not reveal the unto to thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Thou art Peter upon this rock, I will build my church. That's the gospel. It's the gospel of Christ. It's the gospel of God. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, Yeshua, O Mashiach. There's not another. And he said, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. What you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. There we have Peter telling us in 1 Peter 1 verse 10 and 11, this doctrine of Christ, which we have to be established in. Because at the last day, it will be an antichrist, something in lieu of that doctrine of Christ. And if any man abide not in the doctrine of Christ, he hath not God, Second John 9. Well, what is that doctrine of Christ? 1 Peter 1 verse 10 and 11, Peter tells us in his epistle, very straightforward, what the doctrine of Christ is. All the Old Testament prophets, search diligently into the grace that should come to us searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ that was in them. Well, that's Moses, Samuel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, all the way to Malachi. All of them prophesied by the Spirit of Christ that was in them. That's a capital S. That's Christ is God. Always has been God. And then it doesn't stop there. They prophesied by the Spirit of Christ within them when it signified, when it testified beforehand, the sufferings of Christ, God somehow or another is going to suffer. The devil said, that's impossible. He thinks he's won the battle. Well, they did not understand that the seed of the woman was going to crush Satan's head. Genesis 3.15, the first proto-evangel. Well, that's exactly what happened. There, Peter, Peter tells us that revelation of Christ, that Christ, first of all, is that spirit. Christ is that spirit. But it signified when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ. Christ the spirit is Christ the man. That's what the prophet said. And I'll refer you again, Isaiah 42, 43. Isaiah 44. Who made the heavens uh, by himself and the earth alone? God himself. Isaiah 44, 24. Isaiah 43, 10, You are my witnesses, thus saith the Lord, and my servant, whom I have chosen. The world said, that's two. No, it's not. It's not a second person. That you may know and believe me and understand. Understand and have the knowledge that I am he. God is that man. Before me, there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. That's what God is revealing now in this false doctrine that has gone such uh, these ecumenical councils and synods from centuries ago. The first church believed in that one God, And Paul warned of it there in Acts 20, 28. He said, take heed to yourselves and over all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he, God himself, hath purchased with his own blood, God's own blood. But then the very next verse, he said, immediately after my departure, grievous wolves are coming, not sparing the flock, who among you will bring in perverse things among the church. Jude says it, that these were men that were ordained to condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ into lasciviousness, denying the only Lord God. Why? Turning the grace of our Lord into lasciviousness, unlawful afflictions. Why? Because grace reigns through righteousness, and we've lost that the true gospel. That's a reasonable power of God. Many, when they try to work that, can't do it. And when they do, they're not giving him the glory. And these are spirits of devils working miracles. As stated uh, there by Paul himself, Jesus himself stating in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, that many will come in my name saying, I Christ and shall deceive many through these what? Great signs uh, and wonders that they'll be able to do. That if it were possible, It would deceive the very elect. We also see the same thing in 2 Peter, the second chapter, that who among the body of Christ, bringing in the damnable heresy, what? Bringing upon themselves swift, swift destruction, denying the only Lord God. God himself works salvation, friend. Not a son of God talking to the father with the second person, they're talking to the number one person about the Trinity person of the Holy Ghost. That's nonsense. It's directly opposite to the true gospel of Jesus Christ. To true God and eternal life, Jesus Christ is the one for counsel of the mighty God. He is the everlasting Father. He is the Prince of Peace. He is that blessed and only Potentate. 1 Timothy six fifteen to 16. Who only hath immortality. It's a Jesus only doctrine dwelling a light which no other man can approach unto, nor see, nor can see. The gospel of Jesus Christ, we must sanctify ourselves holy, both spirit, soul, and body, doing the will of God and the purpose of God. Otherwise, we will not have access to the kingdom of heaven. True gospel of Jesus Christ, we must obey it. Obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Neighbor, hope this has been a blessing to you. Some of you have had questions. You said, how can this be? He's praying to the Father. How can he be the Father? Well, he's the Father there that has made himself of no reputation. Your key is Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, at form is Morpha, It's an eternal state of being. What is the form of God? Spirit. God is the spirit. Those that worship him must worship him in the spirit and the truth. But watch that next verse. Thou it not robbery to be equal with God in every attribute. Not made equal, is equal. But made himself in the form of God, that spirit, of no reputation. That's a kenosis. Literally humbling himself. Making a self-imposed limitation of only spirit. That added to him the form of a servant made in the likeness of men found in fashion as the man to humbly self the death of the cross. Wherefore God hath, God hath highly exalted him, the man, and given him a name that is above every name. That hath the name of Jesus. That his very name. Have you believed on the name of the Son of God? It's not Jehovah Junior. It's Jehovah is salvation. God himself is our salvation. That's the Holy One of Israel. You'll see all through the Testament, they're old and new. There's only one, holy one. There's never a holy trinity. That's a man-made, hewn-out doctrine that God in the last day judgments of God. In Hebrews 12, that the Lord hath promised yet once more, he shakes not only the earth, but also heaven, that all that can be shaken may be removed as the things that are made. Every man-made doctrine will be removed so that the things cannot be shaken may remain. We're the remnant of our seed that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. Seeing then that we have a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may have grace. And there with God, why do we say those that cannot be shaken, that's the church of the living God, the true gospel of Jesus Christ, that they believe, adhere to, obeyed, and have overcome the wicked one, and are become full-grown fathers. I write to you, fathers, because you've known him as from the beginning. We come to the measure of the stature, of the fullness of Christ as a perfect man, perfect image of Jesus Christ. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can't stay newborn babes. Can't just grow to little children knowing he's the father. Can't be just young men that the word of God is strong in us and we've overcome the wicked one. We have to grow up into fathers, full grown, weaned from the milk, having our senses exercised. Thereby discern both good from evil. And I write to you, fathers, because you've known him. That's from the beginning. What's that, the word of God? and it begins the word, word with God, the word was God, the same as in the beginning with God, all things were made by him, they know him. That's from the beginning. Now, those are full grown fathers that'll turn the hearts to the fathers, to the children, and the children to the fathers in the last day work of the ministry. That's the gospel. Coming to the full measure of the statue of Jesus, a perfect, blameless, spotless church of the living God that will be presented to Jesus. Those that cannot be shaken may remain. Seeing then that we have a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, whereby we may serve God with reverence and godly fear. Why? Because our God is a consuming fire. Either we're going to have the fire of the Holy Ghost and burn up uh, the works of the flesh, crucifying the flesh with the affections and the lust, mortifying the deeds of the flesh, or we will burn. And that is a heaven to gain and a hell to shine. Now, neighbor, if this has been a blessing to you, we're lifting up the true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the true gospel of God, the gospel of Christ. As a more witness with your spirit, your conscience bearing you witness on the Holy Ghost, then contact me, email me at sealinggodspeople at dennisbeard.org There, you can also reach, reach me there at Dennisbeard.org, our website, sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com, jcic.tv, any of these websites there. Contact me so we can work together. Thank the church there. We are not to forsake the sealing ourselves again as a manner of some is, and so much the more as we see the day approaching. God, we pray to frame this church together and then compact it. According to the measure of each part, whichever joint supplies, identifying the, the seven left, who supply of the Spirit. God's doing it now. There, we need to hear from you so we can work together. Also, tell your friends and neighbors. Download the app, "Stealing God's People" or daily podcast focusing on this present truth and the true gospel of Jesus Christ, not this false Trinity gospel. And God will bless you. Well, we pray for each one of you that God will perfect each one of us, that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ in both spirit, soul, and body. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, behold, the real Jesus.